Parete, a Bleach fandom community podcast brought to you today by the Hokyoku. Though it be but little, it is fierce. My name is Del, and today I am joined by Nomi. Or am I? Nomi? Am I? Hello? Oh, there you Hello. are. Hello? <laughs> there, there she is. Well, I'm now, okay, cat's out of the bag, uh, as I'm sure Yoroichi likes to say. I'm also joined by Lethin. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Um. <laughs> Great yeah, start. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, yeah, truly, though, for leading into episodes like this, because, well, I say episodes, I actually mean episode 62 is, the is I think, as far as content and information goes, perhaps the most dense episode we've engaged with so far uh uh so layers on layers on layers is kind of the name of the game today (laughs) um before we super super jump in uh uh, how are y'all is there anything you feel like you want to get out in the air before we really dive in Sorry for the long episode. Another long episode. Another long episode, yeah. <laughs> Don't say sorry! This is quality content! Uh, Excuse you! Yeah. yeah, you're welcome for the fantastically long extra special episode. That's more like there it. Yeah. That's more like it. Oh my god. Well, while we're shooting the shit, I also want to say thank you to both of you for acknowledging my Aries hotness last episode, which was also long. Okay! Now that because he's not any, hot, any of the rest of this dinomont, I realize. Um, uh... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hit it because uh, Go for it. I, listeners listeners my god uh, buckle up for this summary because so much happens in this one episode I'm not gonna apologize for that necessarily <laughs> but uh, you're you're in for a ride so let's get to it okay so we return to what is no doubt Captain Kamamura's earnest attempt at an epic showdown with the treacherous Captain Aizen, which lasts for like two seconds because Aizen practically one hit KOs Kamamura, whose face, by the way, Aizen says he's seen before. Um, and Aizen does this by making use of an incantationless Hado number 90 spell. Uh, before falling flat on his frankly adorable face, Kamamura grapples with questions of morality, interrogating in particular why his dear friend and Tozen, with whom he shares an extensive history, became a soul reaper and why Tozen is aligning himself with Aizen now. So Aizen, having handily dispatched his opponent, continues talking to all parties present uh, about about his schemes, revealing that he set up the whole execution shindig so that he could obtain the Hogyoku embedded within Rukia. This plan had many steps, but perhaps the most key among them was killing all of Central 46 a hot minute ago and issuing orders in their stead and digging into Urahara Kisuke's old research, which allowed Aizen to find an alternate method to extract the Hokyoku in the event that, say, the execution via Sokyoku should fail. Aizen promptly makes use of his findings. His hand transforms, and he reaches right into Rukia's chest and yoinks the Hogyoku out. He then orders Gein to kill Rukia, saying that Rukia is no use to him anymore, and Gein attempts to do so using his Shinso's Shikai. The blade hurtles forward at incredible speed, but it doesn't meet its target. Because who should step in than none other than Nisama himself, Byakuya, guilt and shame for days, Kuchki. <laughs> Meanwhile, just about every captain and lieutenant in the whole damn Gote, and also Kukaku and Jidanbo, okay, uh, show up and surround Aizen, attempting to restrain him. However, 
Above them all, the sky rips apart, revealing a black expanse chock full of Menos Grande. Aizen and Tozen and Gein all ascend to the sky together, bathed in golden light, as down below, the likes of Ukitake, Komamura, and Rangiku, respectively, grapple with this development. Aizen whips off his glasses, slicks back his hair, and claims that he's going to fill the unbearable vacancy in the throne in the sky. Whatever that means. Then we get to some aftermath, during which Squad 4 does some good good healing work, and Byakuya, who is severely wounded but still alive, confesses to Rukia that, number one, his late wife, Hisana, was Rukia's sister! Uh, okay, uh, and that number two, Byakuya himself was such a big asshole because he did a dumb thing and made two conflicting vows. One to Hisana to find Rukia and adopt her into the Kuchki clan after Hisana's death, uh, and the other to his deceased parents to uphold the law without question. Uh, and it's worth noting that's a law he'd already broken once by marrying Hisana, a commoner, in the first place. Whew. That's episode 62. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that brings us into episode 63, Rukia's resolution, Ichigo's feelings. This episode is more just dealing with the aftermath of that last episode um, and the, the revelation and the subsequent showdown that happened. Uh, we see patients threatened gently by Captain Unahana. We see Ichigo running away from Kimpachi, Rangiku and Izuru getting absolutely plastered, Uryu making clothes for everybody, Rukia apologising to the Shiba clan for killing Kayan, and Komamura asking Tozen's nameless dead friend for advice. Toward the end of the episode, Ukitaki calls Ichigo over and gives him a Soul Reaper pass, explaining that they've they've been issued before when the Soul Society has need for them and thanking Ichigo for everything he's done. When they travel back to the world of the living, they come face to face with Urahara, who apologises and Ichigo states that he didn't do anything wrong, which questionable, but sure, whatever. Uh, the characters are then all dropped off back at home um, as Yoroichi and Urahara reflect on the fact that they won't die of old age, alluding to the fact that things with Aizen aren't over. Whew. Which, and yeah, that is, that is one way to end a season but still keep it a little cliffhangery. Yeah. <laughs> it's I feel a bit like this I feel a bit like this episode like we did with the last episode when I was like where where do you where do you start? Yes. I concur wholeheartedly. <laughs> oh boy. Um I suppose I can just kind of go through in quasi chronological order as I was making my way through episode 62 and just go kind of thought to thought to mm-hmm. thought uh, to at least start. And I'm sure that'll probably spur on. I'm I'm very curious to hear what the anime and manga differences are for ah. these episodes, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know there's there. one we'll that there. there's like two that I'm desperate to discuss. One of them yeah. Nomi's got and one of them I've got. Do you, well, do you, do you want to kick off with that then actually maybe as a jumping off point i know it's not the order we usually go in but time is fake so nomi do you wanna sure should we just we'll just jump into the main one then yeah Yeah, let's go for it okay so remember when jidanbo and kukaku arrive yes so um they actually arrive after yorichi and soifon and the other three gatekeepers 
wait, what's <gasps> this? You don't know about the other three gatekeepers? <laughs> well, let me tell you. <laughs> so, Jadambo, as we know, is the gatekeeper of the West Gate. And which makes sense that, you know, there's three other gatekeepers. These gatekeepers are Kaiwan, who is the keeper of the Blue Stream Gate, Danzomaru, who is the keeper of the Black Ridge Gate, and Higonyodu, who is the keeper of the Red Hollow Gate. And the four of them, again, these three are as giant as Jadambo himself. The four of them make up the gatekeepers that are protecting the Soete. And the anime just completely glossed over this fact. The anime glossed over the fact that Jadambo was a giant in the first place. I remember calling sure, this out true. episodes ago yeah. on the podcast when I was like, wait a minute, giants? What? Kujaro Ichi mentioned it and then like, there was other people that mentioned the fact that Jadambo was a giant and that there were other giants in existence. But like for the anime, they just glossed over it because obviously they decided they weren't going to rock that path. But mm-hmm. here we go. Here's three other giants. And... And um, am I right in... I can't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Nomi, but were they on Aizen's side? Like, what happened with Mm. the conflict there? I can't remember. So, yeah, there is a little bit of kind of... War has been put over people's eyes, and Jadambo does kind of figure this out um, because he's... He figures that the gatekeepers are supposed to be friends and that Captain Eisen must have done something to them. So mm. he just punches them and knocks them all out. Oh. That's it. So I, I did remember them getting attacked and I was like, there's got to be a reason for that. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, although Eisen is surprised that they managed to recruit them, um, hmm. but he must have, somehow he must have also anticipated this and, he anticipates everything. I, I'm genuinely yeah. not surprised to hear that he anticipated <laughs> one more thing. Uh, I, I, am, I imagine, I get the sense that this was likely cut from the anime in the interest of streamlining things. Yeah. Because it doesn't sound, per your description, like they add much no. to this conflict. And there are already a lot of people involved. And they, well, they get, they get a pretty impressive full-page spread of the fight. And oh. um, Kukaku and... Um, Jindambo arriving and everyone be, like Kukaku being happy that she's there and then yeah Jindando just knocks them out hmm. yeah they do they get a couple of pages actually I'm flicking through it just now don't they they get a good few couple of pages but I think it, it, you're right you're, you're right Dale it, it doesn't add anything to the plot but it does add something to the world building I guess it's good for us to know that yeah, hey by the true. way these do exist in the Serite so there's more yeah. than just humans there and obviously we know that from yeah. Komamora too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, oh, gosh. I thought I had things to say about Komamora. I kind of don't. He just, like, is present. And <laughs> Do you know what? Wow. One of my first notes that I took about Komamora in this episode is literally, I just put down in capital letters, fuck you, economy! Because that was pretty much the sense I got from him when he was shouting. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, uh, when when he was chatting when everybody was raising was uh, ascending up to the sky, kind of thing. Well, no, or like when previously. he comes smashing down on him, like at the very beginning of the gotcha. episode, that high hyphen end of the last episode. I was just like, that's effectively <laughs> what he wanted yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, I would be floored if Kamamura has ever said fuck in his life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, but like, I need somebody to sit me down and explain to me just like, like imagine I'm Komamora here, right? Why the hell? Oh my God, Lethen, you got so cute, and your name is way more literal, <laughs> Lethen Wolf. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Not helpful. I'm sorry. It's so good. Uh, but like, can somebody please explain to me? Uh, why did Kaname go with, with Aizen? Like, he's talking about a sense of justice and path of least uh-huh. blood, and I'm like, but none of that ties in to what you're doing. Spoiler episode, we'll sit down. <laughs> I have a thought. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, sit-down worthy necessarily, because I don't know how strong an argument this is from all angles, but the sense that I got... So we know that Tozen is interested in justice, and we know that Tozen is interested in... Living in a way that honors his his dead friend's memory, and there was a bit I think because Komamura and Tozen go back and forth a couple of times in flashback, largely in this episode, but then also in the moment in situ. And ah, oh geez, I can't remember the exact quote, but uh, Komamura understandably is confused that Tozen is aligning himself with Aizen, and Tozen expresses something about he he once again returns to the idea of finding justice and seeking justice. That's a constant for him. But then he also says something about finding the path with the least blood or something like that, following the road that's paved with the least blood, something along those lines. So I wouldn't be surprised whether it's through Aizen's power of persuasion, not hypnosis, but just straight up charisma and persuasion. Um, Or perhaps some facet of a plan that he's laid out to Tozen uh, especially considering we get in one of the flashback scenes that Aizen used to be Tozen's lieutenant. Aizen said he was lieutenant of the 5th Division, and Tozen named Aizen as his superior when he was speaking to Kamamura in that flashback. Mm-hmm. So I think, unclear why, but at this point in time, Tozen views Aizen's overarching larger plan, whatever that is, as the most bloodless path toward justice. Which, if you think about the way a lot of Soul Reapers regularly conduct themselves, Mm. there is a lot of bloodshed involved. So the argument might be twisted and backwards, and who knows what Aizen said to Tozen and what those conversations were like. But I think if you allow for those circumstances, I can sort of follow Tozen's thinking. Cool, because I, I don't know if I'm making it up in my head or if it's coming up in a future episode. I don't remember it being in the anime, but I remember the manga having more of Tozen's flashback with his friend. I think we got some of that previously, in previous episodes. Maybe we did, yeah. Yeah. And we do get a lot more, but it's it's in the novel. Ah. So um, the Can't For Your Own World novel goes into a lot more information oh, with regards to it as well. Name? She gets she gets a name in Can't Fear Your Own World, doesn't she? She Am gets a ge- she gets a gender in the manga, doesn't she? I'm sure she does. Or she gets a gender, but but a yeah. name. She's, no, she's um, overtly overtly nameless thus far in the anime. Yes, yeah, yeah. She gets a name. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So there there are bits and pieces that we just can't know at this point in the anime, is I suppose what I'm getting out of that. Yeah, you're effectively as lost as 
viewers who haven't as, as watched as Kenpachi yeah. in the midst of Tozen's Shikai <laughs> <laughs> except not because he actually handled that very well he did <laughs> the problem is is that I'm so much further in my watch through with Swift like we're right in the middle of the I know it's filler but we're right in the middle of the Zompak Torabellion arc and I'm still like I still oh. have no idea what Tozen's on about but like <laughs> listen to Dale's mm. point of view I'm kind of like okay like I guess we've not seen what's happened behind those closed doors you know okay I mm-hmm, get it from mm-hmm. that point of view Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. So uh, do, do you mind if we pivot a little bit? Go for it. Great. Okay. Uh, so I think one of, there were, like I said before, there are a bajillion major pieces of information and context mm-hmm. that we get over the course of episode 62. But I think I just wanted to highlight one in particular because it's kind of what all of this arc has been building up towards and, and, Who's to say whether it will continue to be important in the future? Play to find out. Um, I just want to talk about sort so sort of the Hokyoku, but then also just this whole entire soul mishmash tinkering with the nature of souls concept thing broadly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I which okay. <sighs> The other thing, like, I know it's a fucking trope at this point to be like, why does the villain always monologue? Like, wouldn't it just be better if the villain just did the stuff without talking for a bajillion years? I'm so glad he didn't. I'm so glad he gave (laughs) us the explanation. Well, okay, right. But so I, like, normally I'm happy to accept that as a convention. But in this case, I was like, Aizen is so smart. Mm -hmm. Why? I, for the... It's, it's only exposition, right? And then, so finally I was like, maybe he's actually that egotistical and that proud of himself. Maybe this is just pure fucking hubris. Like, he's finally achieved the thing that he set out to achieve. And he, do- he does not feel that anyone can get in his way properly at this point. So no, he he's safe and comfy monologuing about everything he's yeah. done. Is he bragging? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think he's rocking a Haddle 91. Like, he, <laughs> I just, I think that he is, you're right, Dale, when you said, like, oh, he's probably bragging, I'm like, yes, I think he is. Because if we think about the flashbacks we saw of him with Toza, like when he goes to speak to Komamura and stuff on the mm. back of Tozen's advice, he is significantly younger. Like that's a flashback from a while ago when he was a lieutenant. Mm-hmm. So he's been at this for a very long time and, you know, probably even before then. Uh, we don't oh, know yeah. how long all this has been going on for, but it has been a long time. Wasn't there a comment made about Yoroichi and Soyphone's fight where Soyphone says you've been gone for like 100 years or something? Yeah, I think, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So we've yep. now got like a timeline of roughly 100 years. So if he has been potentially plotting for that long and things have been going down for that long, then it, I, I'd be fucking bragging at this point too if it was all <laughs> coming together and I got the thing I needed. I guess yep. I'm just disappointed. I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. Because uh, he's just so good at so many other things. Then he goes and and falls into this trope, this, this fucker. Well, anyway, so I guess that aside, like the thing that I actually wanted to focus on was some of the content of that monologue. Uh, and that's to do with the two ways that you can fuck something up if it's embedded in a soul. So... Uh, I, so the thing that, like, I don't, I, yeah, whatever. So the Sokyoku is the big firebird, good work. Um, and 
it seems that, like, yes, this is the highest punishment reserved for very intense criminals kind of thing, but apparently it is uh, perhaps not common knowledge, but, like, certainly stated as scientific adjacent fact that thermal disruption, a high degree of thermal disruption, like via the Sokyoku, will evaporate the soul, and then if there's an object embedded in the soul, that object will be left behind. And so initially I was also like, okay, so souls are then more subjective, more susceptible to heat than stuff, than stuff is. I, which I guess I don't know what material the, so, excuse me, the Hokyoku is made of. Mm-hmm. But that was, that was odd. And the fact that this is not, like, this isn't the this isn't the part that he had to like dig into Kisuke's research to discover. This was this was just known, it mm-hmm. seems. So that that's a thing. Um but, and then and then further I just wanted to like solidly acknowledge that like Urahara Kisuke was engaging in active research to discover how to embed things in souls and remove things from souls that perhaps were not organically there the whole entire time. Uh, And so Aizen and Urahara are dabbling in uh, certainly the same school of research, if not elements of the exact same research from time to time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We do get, it it gives us a lot more depth about Urahara's character just as much as it does Aizen's character, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. What else gives us an in-depth to Aizen character as well is the lengths he went through. Like, the backup plan was so anticlimactic and so much simpler yeah. than the big elaborate plan that he had thought up. Oh my up. god, he's a fucking showman! <laughs> he's a showman! Oh! Well, granted, okay, the way, truly, the fact that he was like, ah, uh, yes, I'm doing this, a physical transformation is is certainly required. Like, was this bitch wearing non-prescription lenses the whole time? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, maybe, but maybe that was like, maybe he was playing the part, quote unquote, wasn't he? he maybe before he went so. in, maybe before he went in undercover, he googled, like, how to appear... Uh, like, like how appear trustworthy, and somebody recommended glasses. <laughs> so he's like, "I'm going to do that." <laughs> yes. Well, that's the complete opposite. There's a reason why photo booths tell you to take your glasses off before getting your passport photo taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's going to be my new head cannon. <laughs> Uh, the other thing sort of related to this information that that I didn't really realize until this watch through. So uh, when Aizen enacts this hidden technique and he does the hand transformation, reach into Rukia's chest, pull out the Hokyoku thing, uh, he's he he comments that it's small. He's mm-hmm. surprised and is like, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting, which means he's never seen the Hokyoku before. Mm-hmm. He's known about it. This means this is his first actual interaction with this thing. It's got to be, right? Good point. So how then did he know what it was made of and the fact that the Sokyoku wouldn't destroy it when it destroyed a soul? Yeah, I think that speaks to whether, whether it's to do with character and intention or to do with mm. parallel scientific and metaphysical interests i think that speaks more to the parallels you can find between urahara and aizen than it does to anything else Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 
I, I will admit, it's just adding layers on Urahara's character. Like, this was a scene it that really Urahara is. wasn't in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it just added so many layers to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of relationships, we get a lot of quick little flashes of insight into, in, in particular, like, multiple relationships between two people. Yes. Um, I want to, yeah, I want to <laughs> highlight, I, I want to start by highlighting Gein and Rangiku. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Yeah, I've got, <laughs> oh like, gosh. I've got notes for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <sighs> you go first. Me? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, like, so I first of all want to just call something out, right? Gein lets Biakia save Rukia. I don't know if anybody else oh, called yeah. that. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He absolutely lets Biakia <laughs> through because obviously Biakia just had his ass handed to him by Ichigo who was like supersonic speed, right? And I get that Ichigo Unless was losing. his flash step is actually that good, but I like it more if Gein let him by. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because like he let Ichigo by. He was like, sorry, I didn't think you wanted me to interfere, so I'll let the real car get by. And then mm. Biakia just comes through and saves Rukia. And I'm like, mm, I don't I don't think so. So I think Gein let Biakia save him. Um, but then Rangiku obviously shows up, takes him prisoner, <laughs> quote unquote, one of your quotation marks here. <laughs> he, and and he seems genuinely okay with this. He's like, yep, yeah, cool, I'm fine with this. Like, that's absolutely fine with me. Um, but it's the way, I don't Tie know. Me I, up, mommy. What? Yeah, I don't know how I, he... Yep. <laughs> I don't know what he says in the sub, uh, but in the dub, he's, he effectively says... At first, he's like, sorry, I got caught. You know what I mean? Like, he's obviously having fun with it. And then he says, when he's saying goodbye, effectively, when he gets in that beam, he says, I was enjoying that. I wouldn't have minded being your captive a little longer. And then he yeah, sounds the sub really... is very similar. Yeah. And then he, he sounds really sad when he says, so long, Rangiku, maybe next time. Ooh, by the way, uh, this is like this is a constant throughout elements of this uh, of various points in time within this scene. But I just wanted to note that in the sub in particular, the goodbye word that is used, uh, certainly from, from Gein to Rangiku, and then uh, from Aizen to all of the Shinigami, they use the word sayonara, which is a final goodbye. Final it's like farewell. Adieu, as opposed to an au revoir in French. It's like, this is, we are not going to see each other again in this life. Yeah, I know that because that's the word that Duolingo kept teaching me meant goodbye. And I was like, it really doesn't. Like, that mean, that's no. what you say when you're breaking up with somebody. Like, Ooh. <laughs> it's like a final, final, final farewell. So it's not like your mm, average, mm, like, mm. Jamatane or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, which, I know that this is jumping ahead, but that's what Ichigo and Rukia say to each other at the end of the next episode. That's a see you later. Yeah, that's a see yeah. you later. Yeah. Yeah, Matane. yeah. So, oh, geez. Which, that, that contrast is quite cool. I've not, I didn't realize that that was so sharply contrasted until right now, but that's, Very that's cute. quite cool. Very cute. Yeah, yeah. Right, Nomi, what did you want to say about Gein and Rangiku? Because now yes, I'm curious. Yes. No, it's exactly the same. Mostly the the just how unworried he looks when Rangiku has him <laughs> and his little smirk and the whole I wouldn't mind being held captive by you. Um, yeah. I mean, that's got loads of connotations <laughs> to it. I know, and I'm the before. other way. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it's definitely, it's, their relationship is just so interesting. You just can't mm-hmm. help but want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. 
because we we get a wee bit of Rangiku in the next episode and you know when she's thinking of him and she's obviously really sad Mm -hmm. he was sad saying goodbye to her as well so it's like what happened there Yeah, because it's it. I, it is so so clear by this point that it's something, and that it's layered, and that it's probably old between the two of them. But there is no way with just that context to know what it is. There's just no way. Oh, which yeah, I mean that's that's a great note on which to end an arc. Really, like leave like yes, leave the plot. Mm-hmm. Um open to speculation but leaving those relationships just planting those tiny seeds and going let's like stay tuned to see how they grow yes i agree there was a lot of that this episode as well wasn't there There really was oh my god can i give another little special call out to another tiny little moment that happened between two characters and it's so small (laughs) it's tiny i'm not sure if either of you's picked it up but see when yoroichi and siphon grab Aizen, and then yoroichi is it's like she knows what's about to happen the minute Aizen says to her, and then she's like, Siphon, get back. Like, her first instinct yeah. is to warn Siphon away from Aizen. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, they're so cute together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those two do not get a laugh, love, so I just wanted to draw light to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's very nice to see that Yoruichi still cares in that mm-hmm. way. Like, I mean, of course she would, because, like, we have sort of that context now, but, like, she and Soifone were just fucking going at it. Yeah. And even despite that, Yoruichi's initial instinct is to care about Soifone. It's very, it's, yeah. And Soifone hates her, by the way. Like, Soifone yeah. is, is still, like, respects her and takes her seriously and is like, oh, you told me to move. Like, yes, I will yeah. move. She didn't even think about it. She, she literally Mm-mm. just leapt away. Yeah, because you know what? Because they fundamentally still trust each other. Yeah, <laughs> they're so, they work Ooh, so well together as two do. characters. They really they do. Really they really do. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, jeez. This episode has so much going on. I okay, know. so while we're sort of in the, like, uh, everybody's worried, worried about the Eisen situation and we're still at this point on the ground, whatever, whatever, uh, I just want to, like, this is totally going to be something that we can unpack further in the spoiler episode, which is coming up soon. Hey, <laughs> um, the The exchange that Ukitake and Aizen have as Aizen is ascending up to the sky. So I think everything else kind of makes sense. Like, it's clear that Gin and Rangiku have history, and so it makes sense that they kind of speak back and forth as Gin is rising up. Um, Komamura and Tozen, we know, have history, have been friends for a long time. Komamura is feeling confused and betrayed. That exchange makes sense. Yep. We've not really seen the what kind of relationship, if any, Ukitake and Aizen have, and so the fact that it's... I mean, of course, like, it couldn't have been Momo in this moment because she is very otherwise occupied. Um, But it could have been, it could have been, it it, it was a choice, right? Like, when Kubo was writing this, Kubo went, Ukitake should be the one to shout up to Aizen. And so I just want to, like, yeah. I mentioned in the summary that Aizen says overtly that there is, quote, an unbearable vacancy on Heaven's throne. Mm -hmm. He then says that, that vacancy is at its end because from now on, depending on your translation, either I will be sitting upon it or I will stand upon the heavens. And that's all before he says sayonara. Uh, Ukitake and Aizen go back and forth in like a fairly 
cagey way. Like, I think they, in the sense that they both know what they're talking about, but people around them might be like, what, what, a little bit? Um, he, he, Aizen shouts down when Ugatake asks, why are you doing this? He says, no one stood on top from the beginning. Not you, not me, not the gods. They're talk. the, the two of them are talking about gods. Aizen is calling Ukitake arrogant, which based on everything else we've seen from his character does not line up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just weird and that's another that's another aspect of nice plot cliffhanger because mm-hmm. i am like i what are they talking about stay tuned to find out yet again mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I yeah i i see what you mean because he could have had eyes and speaking to like yamamoto or you know i mean like there, yamamoto there been, exactly mm. that would have made the most yeah. sense so if you were going to pick anybody or they're just cause go, honestly yeah. well he does say i've taken that note of that wow. you're you were quite amusing and i'm like wow what yeah, a burn that's true <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, Aizen. You haven't laughed earnestly in a hundred years. But I, I, do you know what? I love the fact that he did that to Ichigo because, like, up until just now, Ichigo has been the character that's come in and saved the day. Like, he mm. just, he'll go into a fight and then he'll turn it around, right? We've seen him go up against Kenpachi, go up against Byakuya. Like, he's gone up against a lot of people, not quite Yamamoto level, but, you know, like, he's gone up against captains and, and turned these battles around one after the other, pretty much. And and for Aizen to say, like, well, first of all, last episode, they stopped him with a finger. And then to speak down to him so much just is showing us, whilst Ichigo's on the ground, so it's like a really cool representation of where Ichigo is at the level, like, at the feet, he's at the bottom of the pit mm. of, of Aizen's power scale. Aizen is just so far above him, both meta- like metaphorically and physically in this episode, huh. that it's like, it just sets up so much. Like, we know Ichigo's the main character. We know he's going to have a role to play in what's to come. What that, How big or small that role is, we don't know yet. But he, mm-hmm. we can now see just how far he's got to go to get anywhere near Aizen's level. Yeah, and you know what? This is also a great indication of, the, like... <sighs> Up to now, we've seen mostly through Ichigo as our like new entry into this world proxy character kind of kind of thing. When he he goes up against Ken's, Kenpachi, and we as the audience are like, "Oh fuck, that's really powerful." He goes up against Byakuya, and we're like, "Oh fuck, that's really powerful." Mm-hmm. We get to see a few dope fights, like we get to see Yorobichi and Soifone, and we're like, "Oh fuck, they're both really powerful." Mm-hmm. Kyoruko and Nukatake versus Yamamoto, and Yamamoto goes Shikai, not Bankai, but Shikai, and we're like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> that's only your Shikai. You're really powerful." <laughs> like we've seen so much power and it's all been quite flashy and demonstrable for the most part actually but then at the end of this episode we see all of these powerful people including Ichigo including all of the others that I just mentioned on the ground Mm -hmm. or at least not necessarily like prone but like ground level as Aizen eludes them all yeah he rises above all of them it is a level of of power that we as an audience have not encountered yet in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Aizen is truly, literally next level. Yeah. And I'm so pleased that, like, because Kubo could have done this any other way. You could have had Aizen escaping any other way, like, like 
freaking I don't know apparition like he could have had <laughs> another method for Aizen to escape but he didn't he specifically chose to have Aizen rising above them all in a yeah. golden light there's there's a reason mm-hmm. why he did that and I'm so glad that he did it was such a beautiful shot right mm-hmm. like, obviously you can't tell in the manga what color it was but like you know yeah and it's giving us so much more because now we, we as the audience are left here going how the heck is this going to play out he's not been captured he's not dead how are they going to rise up to his level and take this giant down right and he's also he seems to be aligned with hollows which are the first adversary we encounter in all of bleach like going way way back Mm -hmm. one of the first things we learn is hollows are bad Bad. we even Mm. had cute little rukia drawings to tell us so (laughs) yes yes we did yes we did you know it's important when there's rukia drawings yeah Yeah, actually though (laughs) it was like okay like i need to simplify these explanations for (laughs) ichigo and by ichigo i mean the the readers and the viewers. <laughs> oh, nobody uh. better be making fun of my queen's drawings. They are delightful. <laughs> they are. They are that. They are that. Uh, speaking of speaking of that queen, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about Byakuya's tragic history, shall yeah, we? A little yeah. bit. I mean, this is the first time that he looks at Rukia. Mm. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. What a character development this guy has gone through in the past three seasons. Fucking though. love his arc. I yeah. love his arc so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, so, totally not the point, totally not the thing we were supposed to take away. But, so, we learned that Hisana is Rukia's older sister, uh, and that she comes, we know she comes from the Rukan district, uh, and which is hard and tough, and she didn't feel like she could take care of Rukia. Um... In this flashback, Ruki is a literal baby. Like, she's a baby. Mm-hmm. She's a full baby on Hasana's back. And then she grows up. So if we want to ask, like, I don't, I don't have answers. But <laughs> the question of what is time? time. What is soul society <laughs> oh, aging? Don't. Here's another wrench in these cogs. Like, what? <laughs> I, who, she was fucking Who looked cute. after the baby? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby oh my God, wait. Walk. Okay, so now. She gets mm, raised by wolves. Not gonna... I would know. <laughs> <laughs> well, or, or raised by a dog in the sense that what if Renji was like five years old and found oh, baby Rukia or something? Like, I don't so think so. Cute. I think they're closer to the same age. But then again, what does closer to the same age even fucking mean in Soul <laughs> oh, Society? No. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody knows. Aww. It's probably not Renji, but I like to think that some street kid was like, oh, fuck, it's a baby. And <laughs> <laughs> took the baby in and cared for it Aww. because found family is a big important thing, especially in the Rukon district. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's weird and wild. Um yeah. Everything else is actually pretty straightforward. Byakuya is just kind of like, this happened, and this happened, and this happened. And he just... He needs to go to therapy. <laughs> I mean, he like... needs to go to therapy. <laughs> I mean, like, look, Byakuya obviously loved Hisana. Hisana mentioned, you know, sorry that I couldn't repay the love you gave me, um, mm. which I thought was quite interesting. But we, we have seen a picture of Asana before. We've now finally gotten confirmation yeah. who she is because I remember we saw the picture of what looked like Rukia and we were like, what? Who's that? Yeah. Uh, but now yeah. we know. Uh, so this wasn't yeah. just obviously pulled out of thin air. Kubo had this plan for a very long time, knew that this was Byakuya's motive for everything, that he was torn between these two huge parts of himself. But yeah, I think just seeing Byakuya swoop in and save Rukia, I was like, finally finally mm. finally 
And it felt earned, mm-hmm. like, narratively. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, like, I love Byakuya anyway. But, re- yeah, rewatching Bleach this time and just knowing where he, like, I, I have, I truly, I, I have nothing insightful to say. I just really like that he starts one way and has to make choices that are difficult and he learns something and he changes and like it's it's there's something that felt and continues to feel so satisfying like the panel where Gein's Shinso is just embedded in his body Mm -hmm. and he's holding Rukia and his face is like fuck no like that every time like my I, I have a visceral physical reaction to that every single time because it's just so good it's just mm-hmm. so good and it just feels so earned after all of this struggle mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah like totally. I, I, have, I have i have i have nothing to add i just love it <laughs> i just love it i i i appreciated it more this time around because i'll admit the first time around i was watching bleach this is for for anybody out there that's listening that that you know identifies themselves as a girl it gets annoying when the female character always has to get saved by a guy, right? And this has been Ichigo, Renji, oh, Byakuya, which is, which is it, it, it gets frustrating after a while. And I, I do want to call, look, I'm just going to call this out now so that I never have to bring this point up ever again in any of our podcast episodes in the sense that Bleach has falls into a lot of tropes where it's very, very sexist towards some of its female characters. Um, and likewise to some of its males sometimes as well. But mm. I... I love this show so much that I'm willing to like overlook it. I think to to grow up and as as a girl and and in this body, you have to if you want to enjoy anything, <laughs> especially, um, you have to be willing to sometimes turn an eye to some things and ignore certain aspects of certain things. Right, um, right, right. And I've had to do that with Bleach. There were there's so many times throughout Bleach that I roll my eyes and I'm like, oh, there we go again, but. I love other aspects of it so much that they shine through for me. And so now this rewatch, I'm trying not to get as bogged down with all those other points. And the only reason I wanted to call it out is because I know there's another Bleach podcast um, out there and they call on those points way more than we do. So I wanted to just draw light to them as well and say that we know they exist. We just choose not to focus on them for our podcast because we want it to be obviously a lot more upbeat and happy and exciting. And But we are aware that it does exist. Like we're aware that it's there. I actually um, fully hadn't thought of that. And like, I, 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 you are absolutely correct. But, and I, I don't, gosh, I don't know whether that's because I myself have tended to identify with the mask identified characters in Bleach considerably more. And I, yeah, I was totally in, in that space of like, well, Rukia almost almost died. She's in a in a in a, a rough physical state right now. It makes sense that she can't defend herself when Gein is trying to kill her, and because of the arc that Byakuya has had, it makes sense that he steps in. I hadn't thought to look at that through a gendered lens. Thank you for naming that. I just wanted to call. It, I mean, it's been I've been it's been playing at the back of my mind for a while because it was one of the first things that like, I never used to like Rukia as a character. I hated her. I thought she was mm. annoying. Like just like Orihime, I really didn't like her in the beginning because I was like, great, here's two of your female trope characters coming in. You've got the idiot mm. and you've got the damsel in distress. Um, mm. But like this time around, I'm putting that to the side. I'm enjoying it a lot more, um, and I'm excited for Rukia's art going forward and how all that plays right. out. Right. 
Right. I don't know. No, maybe was it just me? I, I don't know. Would you think? Did you think of any of these similar thoughts? What were your thoughts on it? Um. Yeah. The de- the tropes are definitely there, but I tend to push it aside because of I just remember when it was made. Um. Because mm. this is twenty almost. Yeah. Twenty. Years twenty years old, old mm-hmm. now. So like society has come a long way in twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um. And there are some things, and you do cringe when you're watching it, and. Th- it's definitely there but as you said it's there are other things that outshine the negatives and that's mm-hmm. what makes it because it just balances each other out yeah yeah i think i think i know that i've definitely had to grow up with turning a blind eye to things or i would just never enjoy them but i i, I am yeah. aware that they're there i do know that they exist they do get on my nerves sometimes it's hard to to turn a blind eye to certain aspects but for the most part i just wanted to call that out but anyway moving on to swiftly from that, uh, we've got uh, the the Hisana thing. Um, Rukia mm-hmm. and Hisana mm-hmm. don't just look like sisters; they look freaking identical. Like so, they now do. I understand why Biakia could never look at Rukia because he was never over the death of his wife. So why would he yeah. ever want to look at Rukia if looking at Rukia is just going to remind him so much of that pain? Oh my gosh! You know what? It I. I realize now for the first time that both Ichigo and Rukia, who could not possibly have been aware, both of them <gasps> are kind of being followed around by yeah. the like, oh shit, you look like this dead person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Good parallel between the two characters. Damn. I, oh my God. That just blew my mind. That's good. They've got that shadow. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do. They really do. Mm. And I wonder then, that must have been elements that Kubo had very early on, because originally Rukia was going to be the main character of Bleach. Yeah. And the Zumpakto were going to be guns, but that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> Rukia, Rukia was going to be the main character, but obviously she's a girl, so that was put to the side. But, uh... I'm glad there aren't guns. I would like Bleach so much less if there were guns. I know, I'm so glad. Yeah. American, uh... I can't, like, I literally, I don't want guns in my escapist fiction. Like, fuck yeah. that. No, that's totally fair. I, I like the swords. There's something more artistic about a sword and beautiful mm-hmm. about it. I don't know. I don't know yeah. why, but there is. And maybe it's the history attached to them, right? Sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure. And the fact that there are so many, di- I mean, I suppose I don't know enough about shooting guns to speak to how many different ways of shooting a gun there are but i think there are so many more different methods of sword play yeah so even if everybody's using a blade or multiple blades in the case of someone like yoriku you you can still wield them in fairly distinct personalized fashions yeah which is quite nice and and the designs though but with that, I can move on to the rest of the anime manga differences because we only really mm-hmm. covered the giants, didn't we? Yeah, mm, go for it. Yep. Okay, so there's, it's just small things. There's actually a really funny Viz translation error with the manga. Uh, when Tosin's talking about Aizen and he's saying his superior is a great man, the manga says, my captain is a great man, which just... Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> which, <laughs> Fidel and I, I mean, yeah. But that's a quote. Oh, oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, but the thing is, he's right. <laughs> he is right. He is totally, well, totally know, right. Great. But You know, stay tuned for later seasons to find out about that. My God. <laughs> <gasps> but it's just a happy belated birthday my love oh. anyway <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just a funny translation hour that really had me just like wait what is he okay yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, there's also you, a- wait, you could say he got it backwards. Keep going. Please keep going. Please keep going. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> There's also a really random appearance from the Ryoko and Maki Maki that really made my eyes roll. In the anime, they are on top of the hill and they're watching it with with all the fighting going around and they're just kind of in there. Whereas in the manga, they're still at the bottom of the hill and they watch everything looking up. So they've got longer to watch oh. as they see Aizen rise to the sky They're because they're all down at the bottom of the hill watching. Hmm. Yep. I like that as well because that just draws even further parallel as to how far away their power levels are compared to everybody that's on top of the hill. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. got yeah, it mm-hmm. adds to that mm-hmm. list, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Including Maki Maki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a really cute scene that I wish they'd kept in with regards to Third Sea Mirror who praises Orihime more. So in the anime, he does do a little <gasps> bit of praising for Orihime, but in the manga, it's he has this whole monologue. I mean, he he monologues quite a lot in the manga because he has his diaries that he writes in. <laughs> but <laughs> this is actually like streamlined, him. not even a maki. It is in the main um, chapter. And he's just all about praise for her and he's like the Ryoka girl her healing power is astonishing I've never seen anything like it before I never expected something so sophisticated from a Ryoka she's healing people Aww. as quickly as assistant captain Kotetsu or I could or I could maybe quicker and the sight of bloody flesh doesn't seem to faze her if we had someone of her caliber in our company and then it turns um sexist and dirty and of course we it does go there but <laughs> the fact that he's praising her power skill is quite cool. I mean, let's face it, Orihime will definitely join the fourth when she she passes on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then the final difference I had actually links back to when we had Elv on the podcast and we were talking about the Hitsugaya episode with the Zampak Toshis. Yes. Oh. So there's a scene in the manga. um, It's just a panel and it's Unahana riding on... Minazuki, who is her shikai, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. clear on her clearly is her zanpakuto sheath. It's actually there. there. So, so her zanpakuto sheath hasn't disappeared. It hasn't flown away or disintegrated or. So gone it must away. be exclusively a Toshiro thing then. Mm. So Elv was right. It's obviously something to do with his Rietsu. Yep. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just going to keep an eye on that going forward because it is so weird. I think it's yeah. a little inconsistent, to be honest. I do. Like, I, not I for Toshiro. I think well. it's very much done on purpose for Toshiro because I have, now that Elves draw my attention to it, I've seen it a lot more in the anime and I've been reading it a lot more in the manga. You see his whole, he doesn't pull his sword out because his arm isn't long enough. If you think about his Maybe. sword on his back, to get this sword all the way out, his arm would need to extend like three times the size of his body. <laughs> um, but it, its whole sheath, his whole sheath just disintegrates when and he pulls it. Um, so I have seen that happen. So it's definitely a Toshiro mm. thing, but I think I have seen other people's sheaths just disappear in battle, but I don't know if that's just an animation thing and, you know, yeah. not what to draw it in, banging <laughs> about the sides yeah. of them when they're fighting. And, yeah. yeah. I'll have to go back and watch my eyes because his is in a very distinct position. His it disappears, because I'm sure okay. I watched it back with Swift and his does disappear oh. at points throughout the battle. But I don't know if it does right. in the manga. That'd be interesting. And... That's all I have because I thought I had another one, but then it actually turns up next episode. So it made me happy. Oh, fab. Ish. 
it made me happy-ish. <laughs> but I'll talk about it when we come to it. <laughs> is it by any chance the Isani scene? It is. Oh, ah, it okay. is. Okay. Well, oh, I. Oh. Mm, okay, I have a theory, but we don't. We can get there when we get there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, actually, can I? So coming into this next episode, then obviously there's not nearly as much, but most of my <laughs> mm, points mm. and things I want to discuss come from manga and anime differences. So would you mind if I just oh, launch great. into them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go for it. Cool. Um, so the first one then is the one that Naomi and I are obviously very passionate about. Is uh, there's like a whole three pages where Asani wakes up um, and she's well she's been having a dream about fish or something, and then she's having it mm-hmm. like it's a bad dream and she wakes up and she's like sweating and then she gets up and she starts pacing about the room and she doesn't want to be by herself and she doesn't want to go back to sleep again and she's like it's just a pure moment of her character where she's like I could go and see you know my sister but she might just tell me to get lost and she's worried about what to do so she goes outside for some fresh air and Unohana's outside and like neither of them have their their uniforms on they're like dressed down and Unohana mm. has like her hair down and things as well. And she, mm. Unohana asks her, you know, have you had another bad dream? And Isani's like, yeah. And and she's like, well, you can sit here and until you've calmed down, and but make sure you go back and rest again. Um, and so she sits down beside Unohana, and it's so cute. It is so cute. And the fact that it's in the manga, it is just like the Iamoa scene, it is in the middle of everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas the anime had to push it after the credits to an end credit scene, which oh. kind of loses its kind of poignancy and its cuteness because it's it's just one of those funny kind of she wakes up screaming about fish nuggets or fish sausages or whatever she's screaming about, and mm-hmm. it's got more of a comedic end credit scene to it rather than the wholesome relationship that you're seeing in the main bulk of the manga. Yeah. Mm. I was going to ask from a visual standpoint, because I noted that in that post credit scene in the anime, you only see Unohana from the back with her braid down the back, and you don't get any close-ups at all. Are there any close-ups or In the manga, yeah. There is. In the manga? Okay. Yeah, there is. You see her face smiling. You see her from the side. You see her looking up. Yeah, I'm looking at it just now. Mm. There's a few. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very much a like da- dancing around uh, non-anime territory here a little bit, but I think potentially that could speak extensively to the trust that the two of them share. And exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, the trust and very, very much like yep. if you know, you know, kind of. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't want to leave that unsaid. If in fact that was true in the manga as well. Okay. Cool. This other scene is one that I was speaking to Geisha extensively about today as well, actually. I think I've told her a few times now. She's getting sick of hearing it. But there's a... <laughs> there's a well, first of all, it starts off with a scene where Izuru and Rangiku are drinking, obviously, as happens oh in, the, in the anime. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Rangiku is chanting, Gin, you pig with your squinty little eyes. I hope he dies. <laughs> <gasps> and Izuru's just like, yeah, I'm going to drink until okay. I puke. <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh. Um, oh, no. But then there's like uh, 
then after that it's like Rangika isn't drunk at all and she's like hanging out a window and she's obviously like their office is is uh, ground level and she's hanging out the window and Shuhei walks by and she's like oh Shuhei come and have a drink with us and Shuhei comes to the window and Komamora's there and she's like oh you two should come and have a drink and Komamora's <laughs> like I'm not gonna come and have a drink with you and Shuhei comes <laughs> and then he comes over and then he like gets surprised at the state of Izuru who we can't see on the panel and he like jumps into the room and he's like Rangika have you got like teas foaming at the mouth why is he wearing a loincloth oh no, oh, no. <laughs> it's so funny oh, um, and then and then Rangika's still that's at the window that's literal alcohol poisoning it that's is, not okay that's not okay and I can see why they cut it out but the thing that I really hate about this scene is it ties in all of these people walking about so you've got mm. Komamura and uh, Shuhei who were together and now you've got them splitting up so now you understand why Shuhei ended up with Rangiku in the first place and then Rangiku's mm-hmm. shouting at Orihime and Ichigo who run by like she's like you two come and have a drink and Ichigo's like we're underage stop asking and they're running to try and find Rukia so that ties in where they are at that point and then Kuraku just walks by and he's like oh I'll come oh, and God. have a drink with you and she's <laughs> yeah, like you're course. you're not allowed because Nana will shout at me <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's like four pages or something and it's hilarious oh my god literally though that's the content I want yes that's the content I love those little moments oh agreed and and so that like obviously this changes out that so the scene in the anime where like Shuhei is passed out with the loincloth on and Rangiku's passed out and Toshiro's like what happened and she's like I almost died with my boobs um, that doesn't happen in the manga because it's this scene instead. But I think the reason why they cut it was probably because Orihime and Ichigo are underage and the alcohol poisoning thing. And but it, I like, yeah, I you know what? They, it. they went, they went. Our audience is young boys, and we can't show them alcohol abuse, but we can show them titty jokes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, good, great, yeah. love that. But yeah, I liked it just because it, it's all these characters passing by and where they are with their own little storylines. It was like a little intersection between all the wee stories. Whereas the anime, yeah. it felt very disjointed. It very, felt very much like, oh, each goes over here doing this. You know, Rangiku's over here doing this. Komamoto's over there doing that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the scene of Unohana saying Momo's waiting for someone closer than her to talk to her. That's anime only. Uh, we get the manga's explanation. I understand why the anime made this different, but the manga's explanation of the soul badge happened as a flashback when Ichigo was riding home with Urahara. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which I get, because obviously, why would the anime show us a flashback for something that happened five minutes earlier in that episode? You know what I mean? Like, I guess, So I get that from that standpoint of, we're not going to show you a flashback happening, we'll just show you the actual yeah. thing happening in the episode. So I was fair like, enough. that's fair. Um, the scene of Kimpachi and Yachiru talking about Ichigo leaving was anime only and the scene of Yoroichi and Urahara speaking at the very end was anime only as well and that was it cool I have a thought that is not related to anime and manga differences but it does circle back around to uh, a point that I believe Nomi made last Mm -hmm. podcast episode Mm -hmm. uh somebody I don't remember which of you but somebody asked a question about why Urahara was conducting business in the West Rukongai even though apparently he Mm -hmm. was like close to Karakura town um and then the theory was posited that 
certain locations in Soul Society might line up with certain locations in the world of the living. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we get evidence, perhaps, that supports that theory in this episode slash series of chapters in that, um, I've said it before, I will probably say it multiple times again because it's just a fact that I like, um, that uh, Karakura Town is under the jurisdiction of the 13th Division and it is, in fact, Ukitake who facilitates the Senkaimon. So I, I think... I think there could be uh, some legs to that theory from mm-hmm. last episode. So that's quite cool. I'll take that. That's all. I will <laughs> yeah, take yep. that. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> and that obviously explains why Rukia was there, because we know that she was a member of the 13th Division. Yes, yes, yes. I think that might be the context in which I mentioned that before. I can't recall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mentioned that often because I like, I don't know, because I write a lot, a lot of Ukitake-centric fic occasionally, it, I've, I've, wanted or needed to work that in so it's just like stuck very firmly in my brain but yes tis a thing i always try and use it when we're recruiting people in the server where they're like i don't know which one to join i'm like come join us we get trips to the world of the living <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's not just the world of the li- it's like karakura town yeah it's fine but, yeah. they don't need to know that Shh. <laughs> oh exposition they don't need to know that's why i'm the captain and you're the lieutenant not really not in no. the server. <laughs> <laughs> no. it- <laughs> if we are what we consume then <laughs> tisk, tisk. <sighs> I've made all my points for this, so I've, I've, I'm quite happy. Same. Yeah, the rest of it is it's just kind of. I'm reading my notes and they make no sense. That's fine. <laughs> I've written save the world, get a job, don't get paid. What? Mm. Oh no! Yes, this is. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> this is in reference to um the the Soul Reaper badge. Yeah, the Soul Reaper badge. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Save the world and congratulations. Here, get a job, but you don't get paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, like that's actually like there's a whole bit. I like I know I've spoken about Bleach as abridged at length on this podcast as well, but like they make each of these concepts into kind of a bit, and the whole fucking bit with the Soul Reaper badge is like, oh, it's Kurosawa. I can't remember. It's like, oh, he's like he's non-union. Like you don't have. To- <laughs> <laughs> I will admit, we did start watching the Bleach Abridged episode so on this good. set. They're so funny. They are so funny. It's, so it's Rangiku's voice as well. It just gets me every time. Oh, it's such a good choice. I love that choice. And I don't want to say what it is. I'd rather no, the fans just go just, in and Just go and watch it. Yeah. Some of the jokes are amazing. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Ooh. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, wow. Yeah, this episode is just largely, like, the calm after, before the storm, Ichigo, both after and before, really. There are storms all over the place. It's a a shounen anime, what do you expect? People people joking around, fighting, Ichigo rolling up to Byakuya's window, Renji is (laughs) something. Renji and Byakuya seem like they're gonna still continue to talk and work together, so that's nice. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll kiss. What? Who said that? <laughs> <Not me>. Um Yaki <laughs> oh. is a widower. He's completely single. <laughs> he is. He's on the market. He's totally on the market. Mm. Uh, a, a lot of tying up loose ends. But yeah. I mean Yeah. Please tell me they actually told Renji and the others that they found Vukia, because <laughs> We're still looking at the end of the episode. Oh yeah. So that was uh, that was that was uh, not in the the manga, I believe. Yeah. That was not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
That's oh wait, I, I missed I missed a I missed a manga difference because we went on to the other page. Sure, I missed one. Oh yeah. Um, there's four pages of Ichigo returning home to Kone, who, by the way, is effectively masturbating oh. in his sleep, um, and then Ew. using the Soul Reaper badge on him and learning that it works like Rukia's glove, and then getting drop kicked by his father in the morning because you know child abuse. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be home yeah. without that. <laughs> no, it really wouldn't. God, Ishin. I know. L- Ugh, <laughs> for real. Every year. He's Why are so all the shonen dads kind of rubbish? I don't know. <laughs> oh, anyway. No. Uh, well, if we, yeah, I was, my my brain was trying to make delving into the dad guy rather <laughs> So that ain't it. What we're gonna actually do, I believe, is is delving into the Don guy. I do there have five more dads words involved. with regards oh, to the episode, yes. though. Oh, I'm so sorry. What well, are they? <laughs> the vein has finally stopped. Yes. Huh. Uh, do you know, it's a perfect week to bring that up because it's Ichiriki week in the server. Oh, is it now? Okay, that's yes. nice. <laughs> no, I just thought it was like such a really beautiful way to end the arc when this mm. whole the the whole running theme of rain has been running throughout um mm-hmm. and now it's finally stopped and you know maybe they can get on with their lives yeah well that's not going to happen but it gives the illusion that it's coming to a close mm-hmm. even though I'm pretty sure the very next episode is going to start raining again but hey mm-hmm. who knows yeah <laughs> I just, or, I just... or at the very least like something is coming to a close if not everything like just because the rain has stopped doesn't mean that there aren't puddles on the ground mm-hmm. sort yeah. of thing but but it's not raining anymore they can see clearly now wow yeah because i'm looking Except i'm looking at the eyes because he took his glasses off <laughs> My God! Right, I'm looking at the manga panel just now, and I think it is in the anime as well. It's, it's he says thanks, Rukia, because of you, the rain has finally stopped. Yeah, is yeah. what he says, and that's like I think that's there's so much surrounding Ichigo, Rukia, and Renji and Byakuya when it comes to like the moon analogy and the rain analogies, and it's just really they're they're so layered characters, and this is why fan mm-hmm. fiction is so good because you can write mm-hmm. so much so from true. all of them. So true. It is. Although it's mm. such an awkward placement for the official Sinkaiman on top of the very hill Rukia was about to get executed on. <laughs> not exactly the well. most accessible Sinkaiman. No. Uh, unless there are reasons for that, and there could be, but we can touch on that in not this episode, and I'm not kidding. <laughs> cool. Well, now that I've fumbled my way through that initial intro, how about an actual delving into the Dongai moment? Are we there? Do we feel like we're there? Are we there? We're there, but we've got nothing to share. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, fans? You're welcome. Okay. Shinigami Go! Peroxide Edition! No, for real. We'll keep you posted. It's just that, like, there hasn't been news in a couple of weeks. As per usual, you probably know the drill by now if you've made it this mm-hmm. far. Uh, as soon as we know, you will also know. Stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. So with yeah. some official Kubo merch on Clubside. Oh, that's cool. Side, that's cool. Um, yeah, they've got some t-shirts. They do ask that you register, and it's all in yen and Japanese only. Um, but yeah, there's a, a really cool um, shirt of a character I particularly like in a color that I particularly like. And I just keep looking at it going, oh. <laughs> if only you had the Japanese credit card. I know. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. Bummer. Well... 
Naomi, you may not be able to wear that t-shirt, no. but I'm curious to know. I'm on fire today. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I'm curious to know who we all thought wore it best in this series of episodes. Naomi, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is Chad looking like a chivalrous Quincy. Oh. Because because of the because of the shirt that yeah. Uyu gave him and it's not Quincy colors but it's the Quincy symbol because it's yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh. St. George eat your heart out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh my who were best is Biakia finally wearing Big Brother energy. Ooh, Aww. that's good. <laughs> Uh, mine is also Byakuya, but it is per- purely aesthetic, completely literal. I, I just love it when neat and tidy people get a little mussed up. Yeah. And so just the way his hair falls into his face when he's being stabbed and then when he collapses, I, ju- I, oh, I just think it's like, I don't recommend it, but it's a good look for anybody. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, up next, we've got best ship. Mine is um, Ichigo in the Japanese language. Oh, nice! Nice! nice. <laughs> Just because of that one scene with Ikaku. <laughs> but also, shout out to Isoet. Mm-hmm. 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 To what? Mm-hmm. To what? It's Retsu. Yes! Okay, cool. That was I had that down as like a special mainship. I had yeah. two down. I had... I had... <laughs> Yeah, no, I had that as my main one. Let's just go with that as okay. my main one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That was. Cool. All right, then I suppose, yeah, I'll, I'll carry on to mine, which was, uh, the in this case, uh, there are a lot of friendships that got highlighted in these episodes, but the one that I was kind of like, ooh, yeah, I forgot how nice that feels sometimes, even if there are problems involved, uh, the friendship between Rangiku and Kira. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to see that, because we haven't seen that outside of, like, a high-stakes combat situation yet. Yeah. They... Yeah, should probably drink less. I mean, I don't want to be prescriptive about it. I don't, I don't know their life, but yeah, I they like totally that they beat each other, other up. But then they, mm. you know, they they gave each other. Mm-hmm. They came home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's very sweet. I like it. Uh, and then finally, double take, double take. <laughs> mine. Okay, so mine is the fact that Biakua wears a short sleeved Hayori. Because it just, it was just one of those things. I was just like, I'd never noticed it before, which then led mm. into a good hour conversation with my sister, naming all the captains with <gasps> short sleeved Hayoi's. Because she was yeah, like, there's quite maybe. a few. And I was like, no, there's like mm-hmm. one or two. Yeah. And then she proved me wrong by pulling up like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was my double take because it just spanned this whole hour conversation and they're finally pulling up a picture of captains, even captains that we haven't even met yet, um, of oh, short sleeve yeah. And I was like, you're so right. You're so right. <laughs> and I felt betrayed by one of them and cursed his name. But yeah. <gasps> well, rip to that. Yeah, because you're right, Toshiro is one. And that's mm-hmm. been a problem yeah. because I've just realized that I'm pretty sure in a lot of my fan fictions I've wrote them as having long sleeves. <laughs> Okay, no, but here's a thought. What if what if he got a hand me down from whoever the previous captain was, uh, and then the sleeves were too long, and so he said fuck that and decided to be a punk ass and cut them off. I mean, not to give spoilers away or anything, but that would be a huge ass fucking Hayori on him. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like that's a spoiler, because I feel like most adult size Hayori would be way too big for (laughs) Toshiro. That could be anybody. Other than Yachiru, really, who does not wear a Hayori anyway. (laughs) 
Uh, my double take uh, was the missing... Or sorry, did we do... Aye, Naomi, it was yours, wasn't yeah. it? The, the sleepless night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine's was the missing scenes, like the Rangiku drinking one and the Unohana and Isani, which I didn't realise was at the end credits, so I missed it entirely. But yeah, those were gotcha. mine. Gotcha. Mine was those quick little shots of Rukia as a literal baby. Mm-hmm. I just spent some time thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Lisa. All right, uh, let's move on to our fandom shout-outs for this week, shall we? Yeah. yeah. So mine is a piece of artwork by Andy the Lemon on Tumblr. And it's not a character or anything, and I just thought it was like a really nice oh, wow. image to have for our season finale. Because it's just Aww. a minimalistic picture of the Serete. And you've got Sogyoku Hill Aww. in the background. You've got like a little cherry blossom. And it's originally written, um, created for a, a fanzine. Um, but they posted it on Tumblr for everyone to see. And I just thought it was really pretty. Really it's really that pretty. It is really pretty. And I was like, it's really? perfect for the ending. I would frame that and put that on my wall. I would, actually. I you're right. That. It's like a little I'm postcard. Mo- yeah. I'm moving next month and I might literally see if this person offers prints or something. That's mm-hmm. very nice. It's really beautiful. It's really Ooh. beautiful. Uh, mine is because it is Ichiruki Week in the server, um, even though by the time this episode comes out, it will have ended. I thought I'm going to pay homage to that. And mine is a fan fiction. Um, and it is called Is It Pretending If I Really Do Love You? And it's written by uh, Chris Chrisel on AO3. And it's effectively... Uh, Rukia, Ichigo becomes Rukia's lieutenant and she gets sick of every day hitting on him because he's not getting any work done and then she keeps getting pestered about when, you know, what you get, what's going on between you two so they just pretend to date just to shut everybody up but then they slowly start to realise that they're really good together Fake dating trope cool. Gotta love a good fake dating mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Mine this week <laughs> is uh it, we're we're getting into those warmer months in many parts of the year, and this artist, I'm just gonna drop it here. I, I'm not gonna tell you know what here. <laughs> React without having seen before. Let's see. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, that's Isn't this oh stunning. Okay, yeah. So, um, what I'm gonna say to any viewers, this is a piece of art by Wolverkaz on Tumblr. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> the last it's, one. it's like. It's a cool artistic interpretation of these characters to begin with. Um, I'm also going to say crop top rights. So just (laughs) going to leave that right where it is. Um, Most of these characters are characters we've seen before. And I'm going to say there is technically a spoiler character that we have not met yet. But rather than being like, don't look at it, it's a spoiler. I'm going to say, consider it more like a preview for our next podcast season than a spoiler, actually. Uh Um. Yeah, there's yeah. just, there's a lot of good stuff happening here. It's just, it is, it is fun. It is Bleach characters wearing st- stupid clothes like, <laughs> in the best way, in the best way. Um, I just think it's lovely. Wolverkaz on Tumblr. Check it out. Love it. 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 Yep. You need to share this in the actual server. People will go nuts for this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Good. Great. Yeah. It's these are some iconic stylings. They really are. (laughs) Ugh. Ugh.
Okay, well, uh, if that's us, then all I have left to say for the season, actually, <laughs> wow, is, um, you wonderful souls, that is the end of another episode. So, if you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Sayrete on Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook, and T Sayrete on Twitter. Each of these platforms will link you to our fantastically deadly Discord family, where you can chat with us about the show, read fanfiction, take part in creative challenges, and talk anything and everything bleach. Now... Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews, and that is where you come in. Make like our favorite orange-haired protector, and Ichi, go to iTunes to rate us and review us, and give it to me, give it to me, make, make us feel like, like number one. one. To those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to be like Chad and give us that good, good thumbs up. We really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we'll be digging into our third spoiler episode because that's what we do when we finish seasons of this beautiful anime. We talk spoilers, everything up to but not including the Thousand Year Blood War arc. So, um, if you wanna, if if you have also watched subsequent animated arcs and want to know what our takes based on that information is, then be sure to tune in. We'll be dropping that in a couple of weeks. So, heck yeah, get stoked. Um, a thing to note that we will probably remind you all of after we record that spoiler episode too is that the next anime arc is a filler arc. Uh, and because we're only covering canon content on this podcast, we will be skipping that arc in its entirety. We will not be covering that arc at, at all, I don't think, unless we want to like go back later and do some some bound times <laughs> I think we point, need to do but... some explaining the start of our next episodes to just explain yeah, who some random characters are that will pop yeah. up but will not be in the manga but whatever Ugh. yeah so that'll be our regular like manga and anime difference them. I like zero of those characters yeah I'm the same none they're the worst Noba's um, okay but, but yeah other than that because Noba doesn't talk much yeah exactly like, that's, that's why, why I like Noba's fine <laughs> Ugh. um <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to let you all know what the deal is with that. If you've been watching along with us and you go to watch the next episode in your queue, that's not the episode we're going to be talking about next. We're going to be skipping that arc. Um, we can actually, we can, I believe the episode, let me get a number for you all. Yeah, the episode that we're going to be picking up on, it's quite, we're skipping quite a lot. We're skipping episodes 64 through 108. We will be picking up with episode 110, reopening and, uh, excuse me, reopening of the substitute business, the terrifying transfer student, because what's an anime without a transfer student with no secrets and nothing to hide and no sketchy past and really great hair and a smile that melts my heart. And an extensively exciting hat. I like him. I like him. <laughs> yeah. I the when I tell you, I have also almost gotten my tongue pierced so many times for that reason. Oh my god! I had my tongue pierced for like fifteen years. I took it out like two years ago. Oh wow. really? Yeah. Hmm. I still think about it 
like once every couple of months. Um, I mean, you should. Anyway, it's good fun. So, <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. Anyway, without going off for too long about that, that's what we're going to be picking up. Episode 110, which, uh, which will not be the next episode in your straight up queue because the next arc is in fact filler. Feel free to watch it. We're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, are we doing episode? Yeah. Are we just doing one episode next podcast? Or are we doing two? Or I think we're going to be doing two. two. I think we're going to be doing two. It's a little bit. We'll we'll sort that out. But because there is a little bit of canon content in episode one hundred and nine, we might blur those lines a little bit for the next episode. But um, per what the listeners are used to, it's going to be two ish episodes of the anime per podcast episode. Perhaps occasionally three if some of them aren't super jam packed. So you know, back to business as usual without too much trouble i think perfect yeah um so yes uh spoiler episode up next stay tuned for that um and otherwise if spoiler episodes aren't something you're 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 engaging with right now then we will see you in a couple of weeks for uh for ever arc 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 five season five of this anime um whenever it is we will see you souls soon we'll see you then thank you so much for listening we love you bye <laughs>